So what's up, everybody? Welcome to Where It Went Podcast. Um, this is episode, Jason, did we determine, we decided we're going to call this 41.1. Yeah, this is 41.1. Right? 41.1, we're here with special guest, uh, Walter Schreifels, um, currently on tour with Quicksand, right? Yep, we're in Phoenix Which, today. Nice. Yeah, we're both, Jason and I, our, our date, has as the time at the time of recording is yet to arrive so yeah we, we're looking forward to it i've been seeing the yeah. videos and everything looks great and sounds great and yeah i am looking forward to seeing the my bloody valentine cover live oh cool cool same so in philly and then jason's and you're doing dc jason? yeah i'm gonna drive up to dc for it awesome yeah but um but yes yeah, so we're here to talk a little bit about the, the record Set Your Goals, the wow. Stiv album. And I guess my my first question would be when like we've heard a lot about like the how you kind of had the idea to do this and you pitched it to uh you know the other fellas that we that we talked to for episode 41. But like how long was this like brewing around in your head the idea to do this band like i don't know how long it was really brewing around i think um it maybe sparked yeah i couldn't say i mean um maybe just the song can't wait minute one minute more kind of came together and it just seemed like very cool like for Siv to sing it and uh but I don't know. I just can't really remember. But um, but when it came together, it came together really awesome. So I was I was really uh, psyched how we were able to kind of go from just like um, a, a part, a imagine it, imagination kind of thing into a sort of into a reality thing. Do you remember so approaching like, oh, Sid to do the the band? Yeah. I do. But, you know, I wanted to make sure that we kind of had the the goods first. So I guess we probably. It was mainly me and Charlie were roommates at the time. So we were kind of working on it. Like, um, and maybe we got Sam to play. Cause I didn't want to go to Civ with something kind of half baked. So, uh, I think we had can't wait one minute more and, uh, maybe at two Brute probably pretty well together. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I do remember vaguely having lunch with him and pitching it to him and just kind of, um, yeah, I didn't know which if he would be into it. I think being, calling the band Civ was probably a little weird for him because, um, but I thought of it as like um, kind of a natural thing, like how Rollins did Rollins band. And then he just, you know what I mean? Coming out of Black Flag and, you know, uh, or, or like Morrissey just did Morrissey. I thought Civ was kind of like iconic in that way. And also people who didn't know who Civ was would, um, would think like, oh, well, that just kind of is an easy to remember thing. What I didn't pers- what I didn't anticipate was that people would call the band CIV, which we, we all thought. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, I, they they mentioned that uh, when we talked to those guys because I asked also if anyone ever called it 104 because like the Roman numerals. Only our Latin crew uh, <laughs> are. Um, but no, that's funny. But uh, but yeah, so I. I you know, I think I think maybe he had a little bit of apprehension, but I think he was excited to do music again, and and we just had a lot of fun. So, like, how soon did did um? Because they they had talked to about, I guess, talk to me a little bit about Mike Gitter. Like, Gitter, you guys did the seven inch for you know Revelation because basically uh, when we talked to 
Charlie, Sam, and Arthur, they said like the idea was kind of to bring it back to the idea of like the band, the punk bands with the singles, you know, like do like yes. single on one side and then something on the B side. Um, and then all of a sudden Gitter comes into the picture and then that kind of, I don't want to say forced your hand, but made you be like, oh, wow, we, we will need to write a full length. Uh, do you remember that conversation when did he reach out to you, Gitter? Yeah, Gitter was definitely a, 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 you know, really kind of was the, the. I mean, I thought that the 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 single was really really good. I really thought I thought "Can't Wait One More" was like such a cool catchy song and and perfect for the time. Uh, and "Etu Brute" was like a really, um, I thought it was a really good hardcore song. Like had a great mosh part, and so I was really stoked on the seven inch and. And then it kind of just took its own flight from there. So, I mean, I, I was never like thinking like, we'll never make a, and you know, there was no like limit set on it. But I think when, um, you know, obviously we made that video for it. So obviously we must've had like kind of big dreams in a way because yeah. me, Siv and Marco Siega, um, Marco Siega is, uh, was the director of the video. Marcos actually pitched the video. Um, so then maybe that kind of forced our hand actually initially, maybe before Gitter, um, because at the time, Ricky Lake was this really big phenomenon and kind of, um, Jerry Springer and all that shit was like yeah. the real thing at that point in time. So, um, you know, and MTV videos were kind of like getting more topical and kind of funny and, um, and Marcos's idea was just so dope and so perfect for the song that, um, the, me, Siv, and, uh, and Marcos, like, uh, pulled our money together and, you know, maybe threw in a few grand each to, like, make this... Because videos were expensive then. You had to, like, put them on film and, like, Marcos called in all kinds of favors and, um, and we made that video. Now, I'm not really quite certain of the chronology of whether Gitter was already kind of down with it, but, I mean, Gitter was the natural person to go to because Gitter understood the culture mm -hmm. and, uh, and he just... He was a friend and, um, you know, he was doing cool stuff in Atlantic. And, uh, you know, I, I think the cool thing about um, the, 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 the idea at the time was that, um, that I think the music business really just was still just didn't really know what the hell was going on in a way. So like something kind of interesting could slip through in a, uh, in a, in a pop kind of way and, and, you know, be on MTV that was like, you know, even a few years before would never even be considered. And yeah. so I think Gitter had the, had the, the vision for that, but so did we, you know, we thought this, you know, if, if like whatever, I don't know what's popular at the time, but probably like Green Day, probably, you know, Green Day were like, you know, a punk band by all, you know, you know, they had gone through the whole, you know, the scene, you know what I mean? And, and played all the venues and, and were real deal, but you know, they were super popular. So like, why not fucking Siv? You know, like it, it, it's it's good too. You know, that so that video was, was everywhere too. Like I, I don't, I think some people listening that maybe weren't, I hate to say like weren't around then, but weren't yeah. you know aware. Yeah, that was on a lot, like regular. Like it wasn't just on at you know three o'clock in the morning. Oh. Like that would be on. Like I, I have a story. Like I wore. I had the one of the old Civ shirts, the the black with the just the yellow yeah. logo, and I wore it to the first day of high school. And like, uh, sort of normal people knew the band. Yeah, 
You know it what I mean? A, like it that's was amazing. I mean, yeah. for, for us, it was like we. It really had started with just like this little idea, and then all of a sudden, like we're turning on MT, we're turning on the TV, and seeing like our little something that six months before was just ours, and uh, you know, just like a fun time. You know, I we I think we did that with. Don and maybe something with Chris Gibson too. We might have done some vocals with Chris Gibson. Anyway, it was just our little friendship group, and then all of a sudden it was on MTV all the time, and it was it was it was super fun and surreal, and and uh, you know we did it on our own terms, really. Like so, you know, Atlantic got involved, of course, but it wasn't them that like made it happen. Like we we financed it, we created it. And it was all just done in the spirit of fun. So I think that that really comes through in the, in the music and, and the whole vibe of it. Yeah, it, it does. does. And it was, it was an important, um, and people are going to, I've said this already in the, when we talked to the, those guys again, not to keep referencing that, but like for me, it was an important record because I was one of, you know, I was 14 in 1995. So, you know, I knew Green Day and I, I, I loved Green Day and I liked a lot of like the, you know, the lookout records stuff. Yeah. But I was also dipping my toes into straight edge hardcore. So I, I knew the Gorilla Biscuit seven. And so I didn't even have start today to stack up against this. So it was just like, to me, like the seven inch is obviously so much different than, than, than this stuff. And I had, you know, that and maybe break down the walls. And this album was such a great kind of like entryway into that whole world of, sure. of revelation. And you know, on, I love that on the inside, it actually even says like members of Civ were in uh, bands on Revelation and it lists them. So, so you could easily just go, oh, Judge, I'm going to check out Judge. Or I'm going to check out Youth of Tay if you had. Cool. I thought that was super cool, too. For someone my age, that, like this was a. That's cool. I think it's great that it was a gateway for people into that kind of music and, uh, you know, that whole. I mean, you guys know better than anybody that how this like family tree is just like pretty, it's got a lot of branches. Yeah, very true. So you couldn't play on the record and be listed because of contractual obligations with the island. Is that right? Can you explain that a little bit? Yeah, I mean, I, it's possible I kind of outsmarted myself in some ways, but there because I was under contracted island, mm-hmm. I didn't want to like limit the possibilities of Civ by being involved you know, because, you know, I think that it would have contractually, if it, if it was really like, if I like kind of put myself in it in that way at the time, um, you know, my record label would, not that Island was a bad record label, Island was great, but, um, they would have had, you know, that the terms probably would have been more, more, uh, under the under the guise of my con not guys but under under the auspices of my contract which might not have been favorable as favorable as if they were just free agents yeah that makes so sense. i i tried to yeah. step away from it as much as i could in terms of the uh it, it, if, for those reasons you know and also to, you know i think ultimately it didn't really work because i think you know i think the people at island were kind of sore about it uh to some degree, um, you know, it all, it all worked out. I mean, ultimately it was, it was fine, but yeah, that was my, that was the thing. Cause I just thought if, if this thing really has legs and it could be something like why, why, why limit it that, you know, I, I was really just happy it existed to be honest. Yeah. Like, right. I just got, and like, I just it's got to kick out of that. 
it's a good, it was, and you got to think too, I think in, in hindsight, it was actually a, a good choice for you not to necessarily be, and I, I'm just spitballing here, but be a member of the band because then they could exist on their own while quicksand, you know, quicksand did quicksand. And this, this, you know, Steve did Steve. And it wasn't like, oh, sometimes Walter plays and then they got to get a fill in. Like, exactly. like, this is the band. And it's sort of like, you know, it's like, uh, it's almost like the Beach Boys kind of like you were like Brian Wilson of, of, uh, of Civ, like, you know, right? Yeah, I mean, stuff. I think for those reasons too, I think it made a lot of sense to uh, to play it that way. But, you know, I, I, I love the band. We had so much fun, like making that record. It wasn't like, you know, there was some, it was bittersweet sometimes to not be there with them. But, uh, but I was, I was just happy that it was successful and that it existed. And, uh, and it was very much like a product of our kind of vibe of our friendship group at that time. And just like, you know, people having fun and kind of celebrating, you know, where we had come from, you know, with the kind of GB legacy, but kind of doing something with it that was a little bit more, um, you know, I don't know, just a little bit more loose, you know, like in, in ways, you know, because we, we could have songs like, uh, uh, you know, I guess Choices Made would have been a good GB song, but, uh, you know, some of the other ones maybe would have just been a little bit kind of like not past hardcore orthodoxy, you know, if, yeah, if it right. were... I, I, if it were not like something different than that, you know, so, uh, so that was kind of cool. And, uh, you know, making the album was super fun. Like we just were just, it, it, it's really one of the funnest things I ever worked on, to be honest. We just had a blast. And so, we, were, we were talking too with, with the, the, uh, the, you know, the, the band, uh, and saying to everybody's on their A game on it too. I think like some of my favorite drumming Sam's done, and he's a fantastic drummer. But yes. you know, like this record is just like he's on fire. Arthur is, is killing it, you know, and and Charlie, what a, what a great guitar player. And uh, it was just everybody brought their A game, and and I think you know we can't underestimate or understate I think how important Siv is as a front man just the, yeah. the charisma and his voice is so good um, it's just it's the perfect match I think I think everybody really um, you know the atmosphere was such that everyone was able to shine you know and and everyone was like um, what I really loved about it is everyone was very encouraging so any sort of like any sort of idea was, was open and, and kind of encouraged, you know? So, you know, it was like kind of like a bouncy house. Like you couldn't really make a mistake in a way. And I think, sorry, I'm just like, I'm running out of juice here on my phone. So I'm just oh, like okay. trying to find an outlet, but I think I got it. Um, but yeah, the, uh, you know, everyone was just encouraging each other and laughing, you know what I mean? Just like we were, we were, we were super psyched that we were just like sitting in Don Fury's basement again, you know, in like the perfect, uh, in our home, home turf. So I think, you know, working with Sid was incredible. He was just so, you know, he, he, he had, he hadn't sang in a while, but he just had just something had happened in the time where, you know, there were certain different parts of his voice where it was like, he, he it was more melodic and yet he still had a lot of the, the cool qualities that were awesome, in Gorilla Biscuits. So it's just like a bit of a, a more 
kind of colors to work with. And um, Charlie's a fantastic guitar player and fucking just awesome. And Arthur, Arthur hadn't played in a minute either, but his, he still had his chops and he really just kind of uh, stepped up. And Sam was just on fire. I mean, he had been playing with a reggae band for a while. So I just felt like everyone was like, had there were all like a-list players but hadn't really um had it had a vehicle to like kind of uh to 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 exercise those their talent and so when it was like put together in that form um you know myself included everyone just like jumped right in and, and especially you know playing the hardcore stuff was like super fun to return to but also like we loved um pop music you know especially like um you know new wave stuff you know like and we were very into like blur and um you know brit pop kind of like return to that kind of 80s adam and the ants kind of vibe you know so we, we were just like indulging all those things in a way that i think um made it really fun and also um allowed us to do the hardcore stuff with like just like uh more levity and 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 um you know without forcing it you know yeah, it, it was yeah. and i think the that's what stuff is so and it's like so such great songs like just this uh the the mix of sounds on this whole record like i remember reading the interview with you in all ages book minor threat meets sham 69 and i mean that's a perfect description. Like the hardcore songs are just this great melodic, traditional sounding stuff with great mosh parts. Like, you know, Mm -hmm. I've said it before with on the manic, when we talked about manic compression, but here's another one where some of the hardest mosh parts I've ever heard are on a record on Atlantic records. Like that's awesome. You know? Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, we, I think that's funny. Like, yeah, Minor Threat, Sham 69. Cause there was those bands, like those British, like some of those British, uh, oi and punk bands had these just kind of very poppy songs, you know? And, uh, yet that's, you know, that's punk. And, you know, so we, we, uh, we felt like we could just fucking go with that and not even not look back. And at the same time, like, I'm just thinking of like songs that I really love on that record or some of the hardcore ones, like really primitive ones, like trust slips through your hands. I just fucking love it. It's funny. It sounds like negative approach, but like it also has a sense of humor and it's just awesome and real and uh, super playful. I, I don't know, whatever. I'm just going off on like what I like about something that I was a part of, but just forgive me for that. But no, no I love it, man. That's what we want to hear. And like, yeah. you know, Javier, who, who couldn't be here, he was bummed, always says too, like, if you can't, like, if you can't create something and enjoy it yourself, then it's probably not worth creating. Like, you want to be able to write a song and be like, yo, this is a good song. This is something I would listen to. Yeah, um, I mean, it's not always like that. But but <laughs> it, I would say that the Civ record, I think, is like uh, sort of a perfect uh for, for me, I, I give it uh, a 10 out of 10. I, I really don't have, I wouldn't change anything about it. Like, uh, you know, for, for me as a, as a, as a, you know, having played the role that I played in creating it, but also objectively as a listener, as a fan of like punk, as a fan of hardcore and a fan of, of pop, I think it has uh, a really nice combination of things uh, that it keeps the, it, it just remains interesting. I think the sequencing is really good too. Like the whole thing that the artwork I think really works well. Uh, Todd James 
uh, who's, who's a, a friend and, and a really awesome artist really, I think nailed the aesthetic and in, 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 in that, you know, we knew that we wanted the band to like dress up in suits. Like that's mm-hmm. crazy. Like little biscuits couldn't dress up in suits. Right. But Ziv could. And, um, you know, so it, it, it creates this different vibe for the band. And I think um, Todd James's artwork really put that together in, in a very kind of cool, uh, you know, these kind of like old magazine, comic book, mad many kind of vibe, like 60s thing that I, it, it just makes me, you know, looking through the rear view of a, of a car mirror. It's just cool. And the yeah. color is like, who the fuck has like a color album, that color? It's like, yeah. It's and I cool. love, I love the, you know, the, the, the slot, slot machine. machine. Like, yeah. That's all awesome. that shit's funny. Yeah. It's like Viva Las Vegas. You know what I mean? It's like, it's, you know, it's fun. You know what I mean? That's the cool thing about the album too. It's just fun. Um, it fit in so well too with, I think in ni- 1995, which, you know, we, we, talked about on a bunch of episodes how pivotal the year that was at least yeah especially for someone like me that was a teenager but like just so like where something like this could like you said kind of slip through the cracks and be on like be part of popular culture like yeah i don't know if that could necessarily happen now um no i don't think i don't it's really hard to say what popular culture has got a really narrow and a very shifting, uh, you know, mercurial nature to it right now. Um, but, uh, at that time, you know, yeah, we, we just like fucking had the idea, put it together and it absolutely worked, you know, uh, and, and it was a a thrill to, to, to sneak one in like that. And, um, and, uh, yeah, so it's really cool. And, 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 uh, it's surely like one of the. I'm very proud of like having been involved and and just still think like yeah I would I'd have to listen to it again but I don't think I would change a thing it's really fucking good I mean, yeah no skippers as I say yeah. I learned from Hav there's no uh, skippers on it like every song you can't I can't just pick like I got to put on track one and go all the way through yeah it just keeps going it holds your interest I think yeah, yeah it does. I wanted to ask about the lyric process for this one and writing the lyrics with Siv. It's something that we talked about with uh, Arthur, Sam and Charlie, but they said that you were both working on the lyrics a lot together, but we didn't know the specifics of how it was different from say start today. Um, I was doing like, uh, I mean, can't wait a minute, one minute more being the first song was like, I guess it's kind of like an extension of start today. It's like, I can't wait one minute more to start today. It's just like the same kind of message so um that's the first one that came together and uh et tu brute uh were the first two i was working on lyrics in europe with uh with quicksand when i was on tour with quicksand i had the tapes from the uh from the the we had recorded all the music but the lyrics hadn't been come together. So I was working on it over in Europe. And when we came back, you know, especially working in the moment with, with Siv, when someone would be there, you know, we would, if something, you know, wasn't working or something, you know, new things would come up as we were working on, on the, the record. Um, so there was like a contributions there, you know, if like the line was conceived as something, but you know, it wasn't working or just, we thought of something better there. Um, you know, that that's kind of how it would go down. But um, I was doing quicksand at the same time. So I was, I had to go on tour and, and work on that. It's kind of interesting. There's like a parallel to grill biscuits. I remember working on GB lyrics 
when I was on tour with Youth of Today at the same time. So it's like that maybe that that separation is good. But um but I love the lyrics on the record. I think yeah. they're awesome. That's what I was gonna Some, say. There's so many great lyrics on there. Do you yeah. have a favorite line on the record? I really love the section. I mean, this is the first thing that comes into mind. I really love uh it all makes such sense to me. I need room to breathe. I said by the goals that I set. You can't bet. But, but it, like that like couplet and the and the 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 cadence of it and and the way that the music is all moving under that, I mean, I just think it's really interesting. Uh, I love the lyrics to the really basic ones too. Like I love uh, uh, Trust Slips Through Your Hands is another one. Like uh, Stole From Your Friends When You Thought They Weren't Looking. Your whole fucking life you put on a front just to the point where, yeah, trust. So it's just fucking so basic, but effective and funny in a way. Like, um, and Stiv's delivery is incredible, you know, because he he just like takes these lines and just like, I don't know. I just think like something if I, I was talking with Toby the other day, it's like lyrics and hardcore can be really basic, but if, if, if you, if you deliver them with the right touch, like you could be saying exactly the same thing that someone else said and, and, and it'll, 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 it'll hit a higher note, you know, cause it's just like the heartfeltness of it. And I, I think some agree more. Yeah. And so like, you don't have to do anything. I think that thing that I did in, in, in can't Woman more, like some of that, that kind of stuff is, 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 um, is cool clever and works but some of the basic stuff is really good i really love choices made too um i think those are really great lyrics um there was a time when i washed out with the the tide that came in your opinion uh second guess what i knew was right it was just to please when it so i wouldn't have to fight that's fucking awesome yeah yeah man that should have been been a hit and so, like, I just think that's cool. I don't know how the fuck that happens, but that that came together. Yeah, I know everything's airtight that, on that there. one. That one should have been a hit. Choices made, I think. Yeah, I mean, the whole fucking record's a giant hit, and it sold a lot of records at the time. Um, you know, the 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 whether it, it, I mean, it should have been a platinum record, I think. But um, you just, we just got in there, and you know, there's something. Uh, I still think there's something a little subversive about it or, and something, uh, and we were going up against presidents, the United States of America too. I think that was the other thing. Uh, you know, there's only so many people in suits that you can handle at the time. Oh, that's that, right. that was like, that was one of, that was one of the thing, one of our jokes about it. Um, but, uh, but you know, we were whatever. huge for a minute too. Yeah. Yes. And it was kind of like a little bit novelty, although they were a good band. Um, but, uh, Dude, we fucking did great with that record. I mean, that, that we're still talking about it is incredible. A lot of people, um, I know people too that are like, I think this, they like, you know, they take this over Stark today. Like that's how yeah. much they like it. And I always thought that this, much like it was like the bridging gap for someone like myself from the, the pop punk world into the hardcore world, I feel like this kind of set the stage for a band like Newfound Glory or saves the day uh, or even like fallout boy where it had the elements of, of both hardcore and pop punk and combined them in this way that was really um, palatable where people on both sides of the fence could enjoy it. Um, It's cool to be in that, in that, uh, you know, to be a part of that lineage. So 
it's it's really uh yeah i mean i think we we were you know it's it was just in the spirit of fun and uh and i think just good vibes and 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 also stylistically you know whoever would have picked up on that and and uh and been influenced by it that's that's awesome yeah and jason mentioned too like there's a lot of like what's cool is there was a lot of little Easter, egg, like hardcore Easter yeah. eggs, like the, mm-hmm. you know, the jewels sample, um, the, you know, on the inside, the insert, you have the little X up cartoon and you have, um, you know, it's like the a little road, cover. Yeah. Yeah. Like a roadmap to hardcore. Yeah. You know, so. I mean, that, that was, we wanted to like, kind of like anybody who likes gorilla biscuits, we figured we'll like this record and like, will like leave some breadcrumbs for people to find where the culture is coming from. So I think would be the difference between Gorilla Biscuits and, and Civ in, in some ways is like Gorilla Biscuits is like a real product of that scene and of that kind of evolution of, of what was going on at that time where, uh, you know, we were a bit removed from that at that time, you know? So we were just kind of, it was more just us hanging out and kind of, uh, you know, it's more musical and then a little bit more, I guess like GB was daring for hardcore in a way, but I guess we never really kind of fit into the typical mold somehow. Like not to think that, say that, that, that it's so cool, but just like we were trying to fit in, but it just never really worked. And I think that that's the way that the Civ album is in a way too. Yeah. I, I was wondering too, um, you know, we, we, touched on in, in episode 41 with, with those guys blessed uh you know the moon we mm-hmm. you know real ones know that was yeah. moon dog as they say yeah. um and i always wondered was there did you ever attempt to record distance because i just think civ could have done such a killer like the band civ i would have yeah. loved to have heard uh you know a recorded version of of that track uh, I don't know. Maybe it was discussed. I'm for some reason, like I, I just never really, I think there was a couple different ways of doing distance and I don't know. I just never really felt like I got a handle on it and didn't really want to do it. Whereas blessed, I think, um, we wanted to have like a harder song on it. I think it's a little bit, I think it's at the end of the album. Yeah. The blessed. CD, it was, um, uh, the, the famous thing in the nineties, it was a bonus track. It wasn't okay, listed. Yeah. And it was like, a, you know, the dead space goes for a while. And then on right. the vinyl, it's listed. Okay, yeah, because I don't think it really fits the record super well. But um, but I, th- I like the version. I think it's really cool. Yeah. And glue is what honestly introduced me to SSD. So thank you. Oh, yeah. that's cool. You're welcome. <laughs> that and and Chris Novoselic wearing uh, the, SSD the SSD shirt. shirt. But, yeah. Yeah. There you go. Put both of those together and stir. And then you got me buying Get It Away. Yeah, I mean, glue, <laughs> glue should be on every jukebox in America. It's a classic. Yeah. And I love this version, too. Uh, oh, thank like, you. Yeah. Um, Jason, you, you had something, I think. Oh, right? I was just going to ask about the tour, the Quicksand Civ tour, how that was. Super fun. I mean, Civ were at that time doing really great, and it was just basically all homies on the bus. Like, I think we were all together on the same bus, from what I remember. And, um, it was awesome. Just like, you know, for me, it was like fantastic. It's like, I'm hearing all this, this music that, you know, that I'm a part of and, yeah. and uh, you know, uh, 
and, and traveling with all my friends. Like, um, yeah. so, so that was really special. Were you, I mean, especially now, since you are a parent, did you feel like a proud parent when you'd see Siv just ripping it up on stage? Uh, like before, before you guys went on? Yeah, I was stoked. I mean, I don't, you know, it, that it, it just, so it tripped me out at the time just that it was like a, 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 like an idea, a concept really between Charlie and I just going like, what if we, you know, did this. And then all of a sudden it's like, we're on tour and fucking bus. These dudes are on TV. They're playing the, the, this, the record and fucking just killing it. And, uh, I felt, uh, yeah, a, a, a joy from that for sure. It was stoked. I was stoked. I can't even imagine. And I see, I know I, I showed you earlier today, the, Wednesday, November 1st, 95 here in Philadelphia at the Trocadero. Uh-huh. Yeah. Quick, quick sand and sieve. I actually just saw that flyer today and I'm like, I wish I would have went to that, but I guess my dad wasn't going to take me to uh-huh. two truck shows in one uh, <laughs> calendar year. Um, yeah. But uh, so I guess, well, before we, before we get to hot tracks or Jason, do you have anything else about the album? I wanted to ask about, um, follow-up yeah i think i was gonna ask the same question um 13 day getaway which i talked to those guys and we're gonna do hopefully a patreon Uh episode um full disclosure i'm i'm a fan of the record i've been a fan of that record since you know came out i was you know i think it's really cool what uh what was your take and and why was there a reason that you weren't involved were you just busy i know at that point in 97 98 you were probably like trying to do the world's fastest car stuff did schedules just not align or was it more like you were letting them kind of do their own thing well the one the one i did contribute one song to it just the uh the music and and the melodies for um little men for, for little men that was Fantastic the only one that song yeah that song. was that was the only one i didn't write the lyrics Siv wrote the lyrics which is cool um but uh I think that they wanted to do their own thing, to be honest. Like, I, I think that they, having, you know, gone on tour and done all this stuff, I don't think they really wanted, you'd have to ask them, but that was my take. Like, they didn't really want me coming in and, and running it. They wanted to make their own kind of record, which was, I think, ultimately a very cool record. They made some really awesome songs. I think it was a bit of a transition in the sense that the... But I guess that would happen with any band. But, um, you know, they were writing in a different way, you know, by a, a different system. And and uh, so they yeah. got different results. But, I mean, I think they came up with some really cool songs. I especially love – I think that they would be – it would be interesting to hear their demos for that album because the demos they did were really, I thought, great. And the album is great too. But I thought the demos were a little bit more um, – a little bit more 60s sounding, which is what I would have – the direction that I would have liked them to go anyway, which was what I would have, I think they could have been like more garage Rocky. And mm. I think their first, the demos were more like that. I think the album is a little bit more, um, probably just broader in a way. Um, but good, you know, there's some great songs on that record. And, and, uh, I think I would, I would have been interested to hear them make another one after that, you know, to, yeah. to, 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 to build on that. Um, but yeah, yeah I, I thought it was, it, and also I was like, you know, in another place too. So I, you know, that might've been also part of it. It might've been like in some ways mutual, but uh, I, you know, I wasn't really like invited to come in and do it. So that, that except for little men, which I don't know, maybe that was a later song on the, on the other stuff. I, I can't remember. 
because I, I definitely want to pick their their brains about it because it's 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 like a fascinating record to me because I, while I do really enjoy it, you know, of course there's detractors. I think what's kind of funny is like, to me, I'm not saying it sounds like set your goals, but it's not a crazy leap. Like, cause it still has those, like you said, the sixties and the kind of like, you know, rock and roll influences. Yeah. And it's also not unheard of for a band's second album to not sound like the first. I mean, you mentioned blur and you look at like leisure compared yeah. to modern life is rubbish. It's like yeah. two different bands. Yeah. And, and, but it still sounds like blur. And um, I would have also loved to see where they would have went after a 13 day getaway. Cause I think could have been some cool stuff, but I agree. Stuff happens because maybe we wouldn't have had United by fate. Cause Sammy would have been doing Civ. So I don't right. really mess. I don't want to, uh, you know, what you is it, the butterfly the Yeah. <laughs> Homer Simpson with the toaster. I'm not about people, to do that. People start disappearing from Polaroids. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, but yeah, I, I, I think it's a, it's a fun record and um, I'm stoked to talk to those guys about it. And I know Sam had told us that for whatever reason in Japan, it was popular. Like there's. Uh, I think the Japanese like just took it at face value. I think there's probably like, um, also there's a come down from like when the first, when set your goals came out, they were on MTV all the time. The record label was like gassed on it. And then the follow-up, um, you can't get that same kind of attention two times around. It just doesn't work yeah. like that. So, um, I think that that's a bit of an up, a, a, a steeper climb because you have to, um, you have to really kind of st stick to your, your, your plan because if you got used to like, okay, we're just like, you know, being accepted in all this kind of ways and the record labels. Yeah. Like again, gassing you. And then instead, like, you know, things are getting jammed up and, you know, you're not getting that same kind of, uh, treatment, you know, the record label's not present in the way that just like fucks with your head. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I mean, they could probably speak to that more, to it but um at that stage of the game i think you really have to kind of double down on like what you want to do and uh you know it, it becomes more like work you know in a way there or then it it's just a different animal you know so i think that's that's tough for a lot of bands and it's um you know i think that they made a really great record but like and in Japan, like maybe that baggage didn't really like resonate. I don't even know if it was really big in Japan. Set Your Goals was the record that was big. But, you know, people hear it and different record labels are motivated differently. Like the Japanese record label might have been like, let's fucking do this. Right. Um, whereas the record label in America might have been like, oh, shit, you know, we've got this other record to prioritize. Like I, that, that also comes into play uh, with that kind of stuff. But I think you know, as a thing, like just as the songs were and stuff, I think it's, it's certainly a great record. And, and like, I think it could have been a step to something, you know, else, but, uh, but yeah, like then we would never have a schools. So yeah. Agreed. Know. So let's, yeah. And let's not they did play, yeah. they did play MTV's beach house that summer. Yes. I remember. Uh, yes. And they were always great live, man. They always just like had such vibe and, and, uh, I even saw them, I saw them play uh, a few years ago, I guess it was, at, uh, at the um, 
Webster Hall. Uh, I think they might have they headlined a show there. It was fucking awesome. And like I played a song with them, I think, or at least a song, maybe a couple of songs with them too. So it was it was awesome. Yeah. Nice. I, I I hope I would love to see them uh do some do some gigs, honestly. Yeah. Um would be cool. They they seemed they seemed into it. Yeah. We talked to them. So I guess so okay. So it's fun. time for So I don't see Jason and I, we can tell you what we picked on the episode. Uh, if you want us to warm you up a little bit. Uh, um, sure. I'm curious. Jason, what was yours? I for, I already forget. You know, oh yeah, I know. I went through like a laundry list of the songs that uh, I was considering as my hot track, but I was going to go for Boring Summer because that song is just so fun and has this cool Sex Pistols vibe. But yeah. then right after Boring Summer is Et Tu Boute, which is just... A killer track and it's got great lyrics and a great mosh at the end it's just a sick nice. song so that was my hot track was that two boutet but i went through you know boring summer soundtrack to violence so far so good so what those lyrics are great yeah so damn yeah fuck i didn't even think of that one and, that, a, uh, that was a couple people's hot track too right or no so far so good so what that's yours uh no no that's not mine but uh no. it's a fucking good one i wasn't yeah. even thinking about that song uh, as well as soundtrack to violence, that one's fucking amazing too. I love the uh, what's the line? Uh, some people might look up to you, maybe they got a fucking problem. Yes, too. I love that part. <laughs> and that, so, I, you that, know, I, I remember listening to that song when there would be a lot of fights at, at shows and it would bum me out. And that would yeah. always that song would always kind of be in my mind, like, um, and it's such a great little short track 30, with 32 seconds yeah so mine mine was right. it's funny because sometimes i'll think of a hot track and i'll be like everybody's gonna have this one and then nobody did mine's solid bond whoa look at I you i love i love the breakdown in it yes like it's just got this like but it's got groove to it and i think right the on. lyrics i think the lyrics are great and uh civ sounds so awesome on it Right on. Yeah, that's a good choice too. Shit, there there it's this thing's chock full of hits now that we more we talk about yeah. it. Yeah, no skippers. I, I thought um when we just talked about hot tracks, I hadn't I didn't I always whenever we do the hot tracks thing, guys, I always blow because I always forget to think about what my hot track is before and I just end up aping what everyone else is. <laughs> but, but the the one that or I have to pick an you know, the sort of like uh the unexpected one to be weird. But um I'm going to go the, just the first thing that came to my mind was don't got to prove it. I mean, it just, it was the, one of the last things for the record. And, um, it was kind of like, uh, you ever see the, uh, another state of mind with, uh, you know, with, um, Mike Ness and, uh, minor threat and all yeah. that kind of, you know, yeah. you know how Mike Ness is like working on another state of mind, like throughout the documentary. Yeah. Yeah. Like I was kind of like working on don't got to prove it throughout the thing like just trying to like make this like real basic kind of brit folks punk song and uh i think it came together fucking awesome and the live version is really really great but uh i just love the um i love the part when it goes 
uh, to all the kingmakers and their set. We might seem dumb, but we're not, we're finished, not finished yet. yet. Yeah, and the Lead backups, a life yeah. of struggle and not regret. Be true to yourself and you can mm-hmm. bet. It just like all falls in the right fucking places and you don't gotta prove it to anyone. I just love it. It's so simple and, and good and fucking basic and will just be good anytime, you know, I love it. So that's my, that's my hot track, but the whole fucking record, I, like I said, I'm like, whatever i'm trying i'm trying to step away from it and be cool about it but i actually just think it's good <laughs> it's yeah, i mean it's and the like you said the live version on the antimatter comp uh the the banter sieves like banter before yeah like captures i know norman said this too when we when we talked to him about it but like it manages to kind of capture his charisma like on a yes. record like Eve perfectly not that it did not that the other stuff didn't but the lie yeah you know just that that lead up to the song and uh it's perfect it truly is and and he has like such a cool like kind of off the cuffness that just like really br- brings you in and i think that that um and the message of that song is fucking awesome man it's like everybody like you know trying to prove it you don't got to prove it you're it be it dude when you're you a 14 year old kid in you know the suburbs and you don't feel like you fit in anywhere Mm -hmm. and you're kind of just entering this world these lyrics were they hit hard for for a young uh me so thank you very much um because like i said i I hold it i hold this one very dear because uh it just it takes me back instantly every time i listen to it um, and that's that's great to hear. I'm I'm psyched that it, that it, that it hit you like that because uh, yeah, we were all fucking stoked on this album. We had so much fun making it, and every, it's full of uh, of of good vibes and just fun times, and uh, and also all the stuff that we love. You know, we were just recycling other kind of artists that we thought were great. You know, you're talking about boring summer. Like we were just like, let's make a song like Sex Pistols, like. But it's like, uh, you know, because they're always like boring. <laughs> you know, <what> I mean? <laughs> like, boring. It does has such a Steve Jones riff to it. I love it. Yeah, I mean, it's it's basically I I don't know if it's bodies or something. Yeah, that's but what I was like, gonna say. It reminded me. It's, of it. It's pretty much a rip of like fuck this and fuck that, fuck it all that fuck out. You know, like uh, <laughs> I think the second verse has like is basically that same cadence. It's like. Uh, you know, I don't want a baby that looks like that. It's yeah. like so, it's so, something like that. But, um, but it's something totally else. You know what I mean? It has yeah. that, that, and it's just funny and fun and cool. 